Are you anti-Semitic if you oppose the war in Israel? Are you anti-Semitic if you oppose U.S. dollars going over to the Middle East? Let's talk about that and more in the Israeli-Hamas war today as we watch our culture stray further every day. Howdy, Jonathan Fiala for Further Every Day, sitting in the chair of culture today, uh, kind of a different uh, switch up for the day, <laughs> as was noted before we got on. But to my far right, I got uh, Miss Nikki. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. And for those on audio, she's sitting in the chair of theology, as usual, dealing with the reason why we believe what we believe. Sola Scriptura is our basis for everything. But with that Sola Scriptura, we also need a good rubric of thought, logic, and reason. And today, sitting in the chair of philosophy is Jason. How you doing, sir? Hola. Doing well. How are you? You're going to have to talk into the mic. Try that one more time. Hola. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> doing very well glad to have you there bringing the thoughtful commentary and uh, mr steve is wrapping up one or two things we're hoping to have him in the chair of politics shortly and he'll be rocking that chair politically incorrect as always because downstream of culture is politics and the theology of our opponents in the spiritual war will always try to use politics to enforce their theology and on at the bottom of the list, but a very, very important thing affects us all is economics. And Mr. Charlie's sitting in that chair. I'm at the very bottom of the totem pole. Well, don't complain to me. You're sitting there. <laughs> no, and, and the thing is, you know, it's interesting you brought the point up a moment ago. Right now, we're, where we're at in our society today is we're trying to start everything from the economical chair. Mm -hmm. And that's the wrong place. Absolutely. It needs to start with a good theology. And everything else flows from that. So... Today, we're going to talk about a few things. If you have children in the room, we are going to avoid showing uh, blood and death. Everything that I believe we've clipped does have uh, blurred lines over everything. That way we don't get in trouble with YouTube. And also so that it's, it's just less graphic. But go ahead, Mr. Producer. I want you to pull up the first clip. And this is a uh, CNN, CNN video. We're going to watch part, of, or if not all, it's a little bit long. Through the magic of editing and uh, a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, we now got Steve in here and we're gonna watch the video. Go ahead and play it, Mr. Producer. It's 6.30 a.m. on October 7th and things are getting into full swing at the Nova Festival in the south of Israel. We were having fun, you know, peace, love, good vibes. And an hour, an hour and a half after, we are running from bullets. Suddenly, the music stops. There's frustration, but no sense yet of the horror about to unfold. As news spreads of rocket attacks from Gaza, people begin seeking shelter, crouching close to the ground. But even this doesn't lead to outright panic. Rocket attacks visible here are a regular occurrence in this part of southern Israel. About 10 minutes later, and some start heading to their cars. The decision of when and how to leave the festival would mean life or death for many. Some fled early to nearby bomb shelters. It's 7.10 a.m. and many are crammed inside this one to the north of the festival. But they've been followed. At 7.24 a.m., Hamas throw a grenade inside, causing horrific damage. This man, Noam, emerges stunned into the daylight. And it's not the only shelter to be targeted. 30 minutes later and further down the same road, Hamas militants are caught on dash cam footage outside another shelter. They throw a grenade inside. 
In total, CNN has identified four different shelters near the festival that Hamas attacked, all full of people. Over the next six hours, hundreds of civilians were killed, hunted down as they tried to flee the festival. By examining over 50 videos of that morning and speaking to 12 survivors, CNN has established that Hamas surrounded the festival, blocking three approaches to the south, north and west, forcing people to flee across the fields to the east. Even then, they were hunted. It's now 8.15 a.m. and Gal Bukshpan survives along with others by running across the fields. He's pictured here in the white T-shirt. Local police and security told them to drive east across rough land due to roadblocks on the main road, but many end up fleeing on foot. We were like ducks. It was like a range. People were running in their hundreds. Um, and you can hear the bullets coming. Were you seeing anyone get shot? Yeah, you can see people fall. It's 8.30 a.m. and as Gal and others continued running east, others running north met with more bullets and a police blockade, causing further panic. As a result, revelers start running back down the main road towards the festival, not knowing there are more militants just a few kilometers further down. On that same road, chilling dashcam footage shows Hamas militants shooting directly at an approaching car just an hour earlier. Those festival goers that remained closer to the concert site hid behind anything they could find, even behind trees, waiting while the bullets closed in. Many did not survive. 260 are reported dead, but that toll could rise. Yeah, we're at Just three right hours now. after the start of the massacre at 9.39 a.m., videos emerge of some festival goers already held hostage in Gaza. This man still wearing a festival wristband and another visibly wearing the security uniform. Their fates remain unknown. Gal and others are still processing the trauma of what they went through. I know people who were like 12 hours in bushes and they didn't move. I know people who tried to hide and they died. Humanity never seen this in the last couple of hundreds of years. You know, since maybe the Holocaust, um, this is just, this is just horrific, horrific. It would be 10 hours until help arrived for some. Mm. Others are still missing, feared dead or held hostage in Gaza. The scale of this tragedy may grow greater yet after those six hours of horror in the desert. Okay. So, thank you, Mr. Producer. Go ahead and uh, bring us back for just a moment. I want to go to our next clip real quick, and we're going to set that up. But while we're setting that up, this is a phone call. And by the way, again, if you have kids, like, it, 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 this is a hard one to listen to. It's more of a listen, but go ahead and play it. And yeah, bring it full screen. Go ahead. Simone, they shot me. Where did they shoot you? Where? Amit. These people, the people of Israel, are under attack. So that that's a cell phone video, and 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 a call. So the people of Israel are under attack. Women, children, men uh, and women. Uh, Hamas equals ISIS. This is from the Israeli 
uh, propaganda board, for lack of a better word, which, you know, propaganda is not a bad thing. It gets a bad rap. There is a time for propaganda. The United States had propaganda during World War II. Some of it was not as good as other bits of it, but some of it was quite necessary. You need something to rally behind. And so that's something that, they, that they've been putting out. And then I want to go to our next clip, which is actually where they have body bags by the truckloads. Just so that you can see, this is kind of like a recap. I, I want to start off with a recap of all of the data. Uh, yeah, and go ahead and full-size that. Thank you, bud. Let's do that. Thank you. So this is by the Sealand container or truckload. <laughs> These are body bags. I'm here at the IDF base where hundreds of victim bodies from the Hamas massacre, women, men, and children have been removed. You can see some of the horrific carnage behind me. Body bags upon body bags upon body bags in all these containers. I've spoken to first responders who witnessed images that we could never imagine we would see. These images will never leave me and those who witnessed them. I wish I didn't have to do it, but the world must understand what happened in Israel. The world must understand the horrific or the horrors which we all suffered last Thank you, Mr. Producer. That's good. I'm here. So, first off, I, I want to go right to the chair of theology, but before we do, I, I want to get any reactions to what we've seen so far. You know, what's really interesting about that whole thing is the... Which, which, which thing? The, the whole massacre. So if you look at Israel's population compared to, like, the U.S., right? Israel has roughly 9 million people. Uh, 7.5 million are actual Israelis. So if you're doing that proportionate to a massacre on equal scale in the U.S., it would be like 35,000 people being killed. And the IMF is 20 minutes away. It took them four hours to get there. That's a whole side of this that I don't know exactly how to deal with. And mm -hmm. I, I, I want to hold that for the next one. And I'd love to have you on again for the next one because we, we'd be good to dig into that. There was a question of seven-hour hold from Bibi Netanyahu on the military, and we're waiting for more data to come out about that. That's one of those things that I've, I've, I've refrained from putting it in the show map because I want another week for more data to come out and more evidence. If there's whistleblowers, I need whistleblowers. I need all that data. But I agree with you. That's one of the questions of how did, how did this mm – -hmm. and, and, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 9-11. I'm sorry. There's no way that that aircraft could have flown over White House airspace. One of them flew over White House airspace. There's no way that happens without prior authorization because it didn't have a transponder. At least that's what we're told. It didn't have a transponder. If it had a transponder, that makes it even worse, right? So there, there, so there's a lot of questions about this one where it, I, I, I want to be careful before we dive into that because you're right. Yeah. It's a terrible atrocity. should have been prevented. Any other reactions? Yeah, I, I would say that for those that want to deny that Israel was attacked, you're a fool. You're, you're an utter fool. Elaborate on that for a second. Because there is documented proof, video proof, from many sources, many sources of, of what has happened here. You know, I, Nikki was sharing with me um, uh, a, a stupid comment being made by somebody in New York at one of the protests, denying that 
that Hamas had had attacked Israel, but it was Israel that had attacked uh, its own Hamas. citizens. And yeah, and and I know that if I were the reporter there, um, my next question would have been, "So you believe the Earth is flat?" Yeah, I, it, it, it's stunning. It's stunning at the stupidity and the ignorance of of what has been actually put forth i totally agree and i i i, I think it's it's unfortunate it's on the level of holocaust denial and, and it's the and same john arthur we haven't thing. gotten into this and i i don't want to i'm not going to take a lot of time i just want to make one comment this in my opinion is the holocaust 2.0 international style this is now not about uh germany this is about the world Agreed. Absolutely. And it, it, here's the thing. The, the, the world is absolutely obsessed with Israel. Mm -hmm. And there was a, there was an interview with, with Ben Shapiro and I'm not going to play it here, but, uh, the, the fellow who's on the ground, who's a, you know, PJ, uh, I believe he's a PJ medic actually was saying the world is obsessed with Israel. If it's not one thing, it's another thing. Yes. They're always focused on us. And we as Christians actually believe that. We as Christians yes. actually do believe <clears throat> that the world is obsessed with Israel. And it's a, it's, a, it's a form of like jealousy of the favorite child of God. And, and, yeah. and that's a real thing. Can Jews do bad things? Yes. yes. Yes, they can. Noted. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're on about today. I don't care what what the Jews have done yesterday. Right now, today, they're being attacked by a evil, vile force. And so I actually want to go over to the chair of theology, and I kind of want to get us grounded from so, sort of a historical context, because a lot of the history that Israel has with uh, people who they are fighting today comes out of the Bible. Well, yeah. I mean— Israel, when they went into the promised land, they had to take out the people that were there. God fought for them. Then they become their own nation. And then they, they forget who their God is. So God allows other people to come in and take over their country. They're displaced. I mean, we talked earlier about the uh, uh, Syrians were, you know, when Christ came to earth, it was the Romans. And then afterwards, the Assyrians came in and persecuted them, displaced them. The Jews for 2,000 years were in different parts of the world and experienced a lot of persecution from the time that they left their own country until 1948 when they became a country again. That alone is a miracle, by the way. When you take a whole nation and you displace them for 2,000 years, the fact that they even exist is a miracle as a congruent people with a genetic structure that actually resume you know it, it's clear that these are uh, you know for example ashkenazi jews like the fact that that, yes. exi that, that exists is amazing is there even and, and we <laughs> talked earlier about the the assyrians of that day would be considered the modern day iranians of today yeah we we're talking about that uh, offline and that's something i think is really important to know is that you, you you look some people want to say that it's 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 all a, a descendant of ishmael thing and it's no it, it it's not exactly and hamas is is an interesting amalgamation jason and i were talking about this off offline it's an interesting amalgamation of different cultures but you're seeing the primary funding for this and we'll get to that and i, I don't want to step on mr charlie's toes here we'll get to that in a little bit but a lot of this is coming ultimately from iran as a proxy war yeah. and so we'll, we'll we'll get to that because that's that's serious but we are looking at by the way with the assyrians the same people who sacked jerusalem under 
the Roman legions, the, the actual foot soldiers of the Roman legion. I mean, Israel has an incredible—well, the, the Middle East has a very violent <laughs> long-term history, and Israel is has been the center of it for the most part. I was just wondering if there's ever been a situation like Israel where uh, a country has been displaced yeah. to come back. But yeah. it's not just once, it's twice. Came back under Darius the Great correct, the first time. And then again, yep. and God recently. does things. God does things in 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 a he is, he loves syllogism. God loves poetry. He loves symmetry, and he also likes threes. He oh, likes very threes. well said. And 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 so that may have something to do with the Trinity, or maybe the Trinity is an outgrowth, uh, whatever, or maybe it's an outgrowth of him being the Trinity. But he loves threes. There's going to be three temples. There were three times that Israel was, and there will be three times that people stormed the gates of of Jerusalem. Mm. And you were looking at potentially. Now, don't get me wrong; I, I, I'm not one to put a date on anything. I think that that's uh, that's a mistake. It will be. It will be the feast of trumpets. I'm, I'm just going to say it's going to be a feast of trumpets that the Lord comes back. Okay, that that's that's from a prophecy standpoint. But I don't know what year. Okay, I do actually believe that. I won't state it. You know, as though God has sent me to state it, but I do firmly, you know, highly, highly suspect the Feast of Trumpets. I can see that. But, but that all to say, we're seeing the potential makings of something here. At the very minimum, we're seeing how quickly it can escalate. Israel's talking about dropping nukes right now. But it's all to provide... Oh, that would be dangerous. I, yeah. So once, believe you me, I believe Iran is in possession of nuclear weaponry i just i really do you and i talked about that a little bit yesterday i i feel like if if an if a nuke is going to get dropped it yes. will be on iran first it, by israel yes right and and i i think we're, we're in agreement but the problem is that brings in russia in, mm -hmm. in which iran and russia iran's been acting as a satellite state of russia for for decades yes and so that's the so some of the geopolitical and i want to actually dig more into that next week and i want to lay out what land israel has walked back but i want to make sure that we we kind of get a good grounding because in the theological and so what, and let me let me put this because the world does not want the middle east at war or i mean everybody will tell you when things go hot in the middle east it makes the world nervous oil it, it does i want to remember something <coughs> what the bible has stated about the children of ishmael and i don't mean this in an ugly way because they're they're um it's, well there's only two nations that god ever named after himself israel and ishmael and one would be like a wild ass yeah well absolutely but again, remember that's more so the Arabs than it is than it is Hamas. Yes. That there's some, yes. but but where but where the Ishmael connection comes, and I think that we need to be careful to delineate so people can't say, but that's not actually Ishmaelites. Got it. Actually, Iran is from Shem. I get it. Cool. I'm with you. But Ishmael, Ishmael influenced the thought through Muhammad. And mm. all of these people are walking underneath the ideology of Muhammad. Correct. And that, that is the nexus that's important because we see this in, in the Abrahamic covenant. We right. see this, this relationship with God. 
with Islam, and I'm going to say this, and please, if you're Islamic, look, I have Islamic family members. I love you guys. I love my friends who are Islamic, but you are following a, a religion that is not a it's not it's not a religion of peace and we're gonna we're gonna look at what happens with hamas protests and celebrations in their day of jihad and rage which we'll talk about in a minute if you are a moderate muslim god bless you um thank you for for not being that way however if you take the quran in the arabic in the strictest sense it is a very very violent book and it's not like the it's not like the bible that said god said you right now go take care of these terroristic nations who are child sacrificing creating stds through homosexual sex and all these other things no no it says continually people of the book christians and jews christians mm -hmm. give them a chance jews you just nix them so they're being affected by uh muhammad and so they're the spiritual descendants mm -hmm. much like we're the spiritual descendants of abraham and I was going to say something about, uh, you know, the quote from Mark Twain, who says, if you look at the populations of the world, the Jews should not even be known. They make up 0.2% of the world population. 0.2%. He said they shouldn't even be known, and yet they're the main focus of... So many things. Yeah. They're, they're, they are the thorn in the world's side, and the one big friend that they have is faltering right now. And so yeah. with the connection of Hamas and in, in, in Ishmael, we, we, we see this kind of becoming a bit of a spiritual warfare issue more than anything, because what does Satan want to do more than anything with the Jewish people? Well, Satan always... Okay, so... <clears throat> Biblically, we know that the Jewish nation is is God's chosen people. Now, as a Christian, you're you're grafted into that after Christ. But if God has chosen Israel, what does Satan want to do? He wants to destroy it. That's what he does. And you know, we were talking about Hamas, and and I um, looked that up. Hamas began in 1987 the rise of hamas began in 1987 and it's really interesting um they their goal is to establish an islamic state in historic palestine which includes um i'm sorry present-day israel the west bank and gaza strip we have a problem don't we mm -hmm. but not only do they want to establish that, but they also want to call, they call for the, the destruction of Israel um, to establish this. And so, you know, when uh, Israel's prime minister stood up and said, we have a right to defend ourselves. These people don't even want us to exist. We have a right to defend ourselves. And that is the truth. And that is being brought out of the religion. And we'll go into the other part of it later, but... And so I, I want to, just real quick, before I move on to philosophy, I want to touch on the, the, the eschatological part of this, because you, you started to hit on it a moment ago. The thing that's really remarkable about, about Satan going after Israel is if there is an Israel, or if there is no Israel, rather, what happens to the timeline set by God through John in Revelation? If there is no Israel? If there is no Israel. Well, how can prophecy be fulfilled if there's no God Israel? is a liar and Satan has bested God. And so that's the thing. That's what that, uh, that is the end goal. And people don't realize this as Christians. It's like, if you, I'm not saying if you're 
if you have a problem with a policy in Israel, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying if you are anti-Israel, if you are anti-Jewish, if you're anti-Semitic, you are falling in line with the demons and devils of yes. hell. Yes, yes. If you are, you're falling in line. I'm not saying that you are. I'm not saying that you can't, you know, we, we can have a reasonable discourse, but you are falling in line with the demons and devils of hell. That's what they want. That's what they want. You are marching to their drumbeat. So moving over to the chair philosophy, because I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, we're, we're, we're looking at two different cultures, right? And, and we're going to explore a little bit of this in, in a while. Uh, and we're going to look at some of the videos and some of the things that, that they're doing over there. But I, I think it's really hard for us in the West to kind of decipher what's going on here, because there's a difference in values between the Western culture and, and Israel really is, is as much part of that. Israel is much, much closer to the Western culture, cultural values than Hamas is. When we see Hamas, and we're, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, digging up water pipes to send rockets into Israel. When we see Hamas taking their child and pushing their child and saying, go sacrifice yourself on the Jewish soldiers so that we can have propaganda, literally, clip coming, what value difference are we missing in the West so that when we see this, we say, well, there, there's good on both sides? How is that so wrong? Well, when it comes to value systems, right? So the West has until recently, taking an um, extreme value on life, right? So let's, let's look at this. In, after the World War, right, we had the first trials for war crimes. Never happened before in the history of the world, okay? This is a Western civilization thing. The idea that every human being has some sort of rights. You don't see that anywhere else in the world, okay? Which means that we're taking, we're taking the position of life. Whereas in Middle Eastern countries, it's more about, hey, we're establishing a religion and life has nothing to do with it, right? So if you look at like Hamas using hospitals as military bunkers for the sake of getting videos of children being killed, okay? Uh, or, you know, putting weapon stockpiles in residential homes so that when the bombs drop on the residential homes, hey, look, Israel's destroying entire neighborhoods, right? And it's really, it's, it's Hamas. And so there's not a value of life. It's a value of, hey, we're pushing a religious thought that's not even agreed upon by all Islamic states. There's, you know, you talk about Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia right now is caught in the middle. They mm. are they are yes. in a in a bind right now yep. because you have the Sunni and the in the Shia uh, who have been at opposed to each other for decades, right? So in the West, when we look at um, and by the way, this is something I was thinking about this morning. You know, being homeschooled, one of the big things you're you're always uh, accused of being is sheltered, <laughs> right? You you are sheltered. There has never been a country more sheltered, whose kids have been more sheltered than the U.S. Absolutely. You know, yep. if you think about, you know, we don't have to worry about barbarians coming into just a simple town and taking away kids like they do in Africa. You know, you, you could be going to school one day in a truckload of, you know, uh, 
Boko yep. Haram is that the is that the mm-hmm. people over there? Yes. Uh-huh. Coming in and just taking a, a busload of kids out of the blue. We don't worry about that, right? We really don't worry about too many terrorist attacks in the U.S. Not for a while. You know, not really since 9/11. We don't really have that concern, right? So we are super protected, and so all the opinions that are coming from these higher education, which is really lower education or de-education. Uh, facilities is coming from a point of being in a bubble, growing in a bubble their the entire their entire lives, right? So all this stuff is based on since I'm the chair of philosophy. This is philosophy built in a bubble, not ph- philosophy built in reality. And I think that's that's the uh, those are the biggest difference. You know, that's a good point when you when you talk about some of those those things we i I think your point about us being protected is really well made because even before 9-11 were we even thinking about terrorism at all not at all no not at all not american shores no and yet um even today do we think about terrorism too much and yet i think the threat today inside of america is much much greater than what it has been uh, at any point in the history of our nation. So, well, we've opened up the door and we've let people in. We have no idea who we've let in. Well, not only that, though, I think the greatest um, thing that Hamas has working for them is that they're camouflaged. People in Israel do not know if that is truly a Hamas person or not. It's it's very difficult. <clears throat> it's the worst kind of warfare that you could possibly have. And this is something that we've stressed in our Bible studies, the importance of making sure that you understand truth. Never deviate from truth. How do I, it's a point of reference. And, you know, the point that we made earlier about um, how, how really important it is that we see in the history of Israel, how likely is this? a point two percent you know what that should point to god and that's a god thing and what's really significant about the fact that point two is still surviving is is that they are that where they are right now they are because at some level at some point in history they have followed and and walked with god and you know and so and i i agree the value of life is really huge the value of human life is a is an incredible dichotomy uh, I had to get up over just for a moment to help Mr. Producer with something. We were going to show one video. That one's not loading. It's of it, link in the description below. You, you'll find it of a of a father putting his child, his Palestinian child, on the road and saying, "Go make them shoot you. Make them shoot your flag out of your hand. Go and die." This is a five year old, and he walks over and he high fives the uh, Jewish soldiers, like. There's this little kid who doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't understand what his father is asking him to do. His father's asking him to jihad right there on the spot. Yeah, yeah. And this little kid, and this and this little kid just does it. He's like, "What? Why? What do I do?" This sweet little kid. But the thing is, is they don't stay sweet. Uh, And and that's a whole other thing. And again, I want to talk about this more next podcast. But I do more of the geopolitical, but. I do want to see part of this. So you were talking about the value of life. Play this. This is Israel actually dropping leaflets 
on uh, these targets before they actually bomb them. Go ahead. So this is something that no one else does. No one else does this. I, I don't believe there's any audio for this. Uh, right, right. Um, but thank you. What they do, contrast that versus this next clip. And go ahead and pull up the next clip. Uh, go ahead and play this one. This is a different culture. These are the water pipes. This is how they make rockets to shoot into Israel. You can turn the volume down on this. Yeah, go ahead and mute it. Go ahead and mute it, but keep it playing. So what they're doing is they're actually recovering warheads that have been uh, lost at sea, and they're using water pipes that were purchased with foreign aid, inlaid with foreign aid. And now, what are they complaining about not having in the Gaza Strip? Water. Water? I'm sorry. Screw you. I am over it. I am over it. Pardon, pardon my attitude, but I've had it. When, when you are complaining about not having water to give your children, and you post this, and this is your propaganda that you were putting out there for your military, you could take a flying hike off a short pier. Well, John Arthur, the problem is people don't have critical thinking anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, this, this should shoot them themselves in the foot, but instead... It's such propaganda, and people are so willing to believe lies and not have to think for themselves that they can get away with it. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And, and by the way, on the note of propaganda, go ahead and pull up that one news story, Mr. Producer, but scroll down to the, pay, or scroll down to the picture and pull up the picture of the paraglider. That, um, shortly after the attacks on um, Israel, uh, we had a... ELM chapter actually set aside time, effort, and energy and graphics design artists to show us this image. And not that one, sir. It's going to be the other news story. Yeah, see if you can find the paraglider. Scroll down. Yep, there you go. D double click that sucker. Make it big. Yep. There you go. Yeah, go ahead and bring it on. So, and this is what it looked like. For those of you on audio, you're going to have to just deal with our uh, description here. You have a Hamas hang glider or paraglider with a Hamas flag on it and it says I stand with Palestine this is how they evaded the Israeli defenses that were up you know we'll, 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 we'll get to that when we have a little more information and how they flew in and they they flew in armed and they killed you know 1200 people or or, or more sorry. and so there's still people in the hospital thank you sir that's enough of that um this is Black Lives Matter in Chicago that posted this. This is an American institution. So from the chair of culture, I want to put this out to the floor. What, what we see here is something interesting. It's almost like we've imported part of that culture. Did we import, did we import part of that culture, or are we looking more at, a, at an issue of um, spiritual warfare? I have said for a long time, and I'm, 
I'm going back a number of years, that the issues in the Middle East are not physical issues. The issues in the Middle East are spiritual issues. What is really disheartening is that when you say imported, we look at people like Rashida Tlaib, we look at people like Ilhan Omar, um, uh, who's our congressman that that uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez? Well, okay, yeah, I was thinking we'll the Minnesota her. person, uh, uh, but you you have a group of Muslims sitting in your legislative, your national legislative body, and we wonder why um, there's so much anti-Semitism. It's because we have tolerated it. We've accepted it. That's the problem. Yeah, but there's always been a strong anti-Semitic presence in the U.S. too. If you 100%. look at Henry Ford, Henry Ford was the most anti-Semitic guy you could find. He was not happy. It's been riddled, and a lot of it had to do with replacement theology. And a lot of mm -hmm. it had to do also with secular. So two things, the liberal church secular humanism yep. those are the two things that have always been a, a an enemy to the jewish people in america and you again not to go over it too many times but we say it often guys who did the nazis take their cues from the american left the american democrats and they said look your ideas about eugenics that's really good let me take some of that in fact your writings are our bible they said about one of margaret sanger's closest uh, uh collaborators mm -hmm. so Keep that in mind that that we do have the American left here, and it is a spiritual warfare. It's something that's been in, and, and again, someday I, I need to write a book, The Tale of Two Americas, how there is a story of spiritual division. That's something that we have had since the beginning. We had the pilgrims, and we had Jamestown. You had yep. one built on yep. religion, on faith in God, and you had one built on graft and on money for, for, for the old country. And those two formed eventually... Yeah, make a strong argument. You, you could argue against me. Fine, in the comment section, come at me. But you had one side form the North and one side form the South, and that's eventually it collided in the Civil War. And you had those those two ideologies, and we still have that problem here in the states. And so, yeah, Black Lives Matter absolutely comes out of that that left wing of the of the uh, Enlightenment, the Edmund Burkean part of the Enlightenment, where your blood, your soil, and your flag, those are the things that add value, as opposed to the John Locke side of the Enlightenment, the more thoughtful of there's a, there's a higher being, a creator that we are all responsible to. Mr. Steve. Yeah, uh, you know, in reference to the question about uh, is it spiritual or is it a physical problem, you know, and it's definitely a spiritual thing, but the governments around the world and the people in the different countries try to look at it as a physical problem. And that's the way a lot of the people are standing up. And they're not looking at it as a spiritual thing that's going on in that country because a lot of these people are a lot of young people and they're being led by older people who do not have any kind of spiritual concepts whatsoever, which are typically a lot of people who come out of the universities that are teaching these universities that have, that are either atheistic or Gnostic or something of that nature. Yep. And they're pushing this on to all of these college students 
and you get them out there and they're waving along and you know and you've got some of these politicians that are like charlie was saying that are completely anti-semistic and they're trying to make it all about a physical problem when it is by far that and a lot of people that are higher up in government know that it is a spiritual thing they know what's coming but they know exactly what's going to happen but some of them are fighting for the other side yes. you've got a lot of congress folks and speaking of congress folks and so this is a this is a culture issue but i'm going to tee it up really well for the philosophy uh go ahead and pull up that clip of uh, it's a 45 second clip of aoc alexandria ocasio cortez talking about uh, how israel should really stand down after all of this i mean we need a ceasefire we need a ceasefire we need to let, we need to let the enemy sucker punch you in the gut and then run however um it, it didn't go well for her our responsibility is to the stability and the security of the region that means being able to support uh not support yes israel in its defensive capacities right in its ability in 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 that context but it also means that the United States has a responsibility to ensure accountability to human rights, to prevent the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, and to ensure that horrors do not happen in the names of victims who do not want their tragedy used to justify further violence and injustice. I'd have okay, one big question for her. Pause. Okay, pause it, pause it. Okay. So I want you to hold your question, but we, we have special behind the scenes evidence. We actually we actually sent this to, to the science team and to the lab. And we actually had that. I don't know if you all were listening, if you listen very closely. But now we due to the science team at the lab, we actually have the dirt. Go ahead and play it, Mr. Producer. In the names of victims Replay. who do not want their tragedy mm. used to justify in the names we of got victims her. who okay. do Thank not you. want <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just very appropriate she that, 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 that she farted it. it. Can tell, she right? farted while she's saying that, Mr. Charlie, you had something <laughs> tangible and valuable she, to say. I would have one major question for her. AOC, how does that fence feel? Yep. Does it feel pretty good? Do you like that fence around DC? Is it, is it, is, are you sitting on it nice? You're straddling that thing. How's that feel? Because she is sitting there trying to play both sides of the game. And and folks, listen. If if you this is this is why we stress this. It is so important for us to remember to focus on truth. There was so much lying going on in there. It it was not funny. There is not an ethnic cleansing going on. Yeah, that's the wrong word. That that is it, it. It is so ridiculous. And look, when so, you take a look at people like Ben Shapiro, who understands what Israel is like, when you look at some of the reporters from Israel, and they tell you what's going, you understand what it's like. That that just makes me want to come out of my skin. So the 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 thing that's really annoying, and so it, follow us at Further Every Day on on X. We can't call it Twitter anymore. Anyway, uh, follow us at Further Every Day. One of the things that we said on there, and in response to one of one of these blurbs, was no one is suggesting that every single 
person who is of the same ethnicity as Hamas, which is an amalgamation anyway, no one is suggesting that we kill every single one of those people. Some of us have said we don't have a problem with glassing the ground and making it one hardcore crater and saying because because the women and the children have bought in a lot yes. of them. Yes. And don't misunderstand me. I know that there are innocents there. I get it. War is ugly. Israel is not the aggressor. And this country has duly elected Hamas. That's mm -hmm. the, those are really important notes here they have duly elected hamas and is it easy to move when you're in poverty i understand but you're living in a country that's openly at war with israel and you know why egypt and israel don't want to take these, these people in because they're smarter than the u.s yeah, hello they're smarter than the u.s they know that oh wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute we don't want these people in our cities and in our streets and so mr producer i want you to play the next clip the clip from uh the louvre well they know exactly what they are they know exactly what's going to happen if they bring them in well and and we're going to actually watch some of that right now so go ahead and pull that up make that full screen please and play So this is at the Louvre. This is at the Louvre where we are actually watching. Uh... Did we just lose audio? Oh, there we are. Okay, there we go. Thank you, sir. Just my headphones were unplugged. This is at the Louvre where they're calling a, an emergency evacuation because of the uh, riots from Hamas. Go ahead and keep playing it, please. Don't 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 pause it. You can turn. You can mute it though. You can mute it. That way we can talk over it. What you're seeing is in countries like France, you're seeing it here in the States too, by the way, in Dearborn, Michigan, you're seeing uh, large scale, quote unquote, protests. Thank you, Mr. Producer. Go ahead and pull up the next clip for in, in just a moment for us. You're seeing large scale protests that are violent and people are, it's actually called, they, they call it the day of jihad or the day of rage. And so, yes, sir, go ahead and pull that up. Um, go ahead and roll it and uh, roll it without audio. We don't need the audio because it, it's very clear that it's chaotic. Um, this is what you're letting into your country. It's not the very cute, you know, senorita uh, from, from Bolivia with a child in her, in her swaddle. That's not what you're letting through. You're letting through people that are r angry, violent, a significant amount of them are from the Middle East and they are tearing up the streets and they are coming for you and they do not love you if there was anything that actually Thank you, Mr. made Producer. a case for second amendment rights yep you're looking at it oh goodness oh i could talk about that in regards to yeah a few things and on the politics because how side. do you defend yourself i i actually was thinking about that the other day you know how many of those people down in kibbutz, if they had had firearms, a firearm? Because the officers who, who came out, and by the way, if I can find it, link in the description below, if I can find this one testimony, I read one testimony of a, of a Jewish woman who uh, she and her, her as far as I could tell, lesbian partner were at this uh, uh, film, uh, at this festival, and they had gotten into a uh, police um, uh, shack 
and the officers who were cordoned in there, they, they said, okay, we're going to go out, we're going to charge. And she said, I watched them as they went out, boom, hit the ground, boom, hit the ground, boom, hit the ground. All the officers who were on site just dead in one instance, they were waiting for them and they shot them as they came out the door. And she says, uh, I, I, you know, we, we got out, but my, 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 my sweet so-and-so was left dead on the ground behind because of all the bullets that ran through the shack. And uh, she got to a car, and the driver got shot on the way out. And uh, she, you know, the car crashed. She was pulled out of the car by Hamas, and one of the guys showed her some, some sympathy, and the others were getting ready to, you know, have their way with her. And uh, he separated her from them, told her to run. She ran, and then she covered herself in the blood of other concert goers and lay in a, in a pile with them, in a pile of bodies for three hours, as lifeless as she possibly could. She covered herself and put herself underneath those bodies. And then finally, when I, IDF showed up, uh, she, she was able to, to get help for her wounds. Um, that's the stuff that they say, no, 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 cease fire for, cease fire. And these are the people that we're letting into our borders. So I actually want to pivot over to the chair of politics here. And I, I want to start off with asking, uh, how, how are we as Christians supposed to react to war when we have the governing authority as citizens, as a citizen-governed nation, how should we react to this sort of, sort of war? There, there's, two school, there's two or three schools of thought. One is, is that we fund Israel, right? And then uh, the other is is that we 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 demand Israel to immediately cease fire. And there's some sub sub subtext that we're going to hit on in a moment. But I want to start off with which one of those is biblically accurate. Um, the one that we should do is biblically more accurate is to uh, be on the side of Israel. Yeah, is is what we should Elaborate. be doing, and exactly, and and not be telling Israel. Don't do this. Don't do that. Uh, you know, let these people just overrun you because we know as a Christian, we've read the end of the story. We know what's going to happen. We know how it's going to end. <coughs> God has shown us what's going to happen and how it's going to end. Now, do you, which end of the story do you want to be on? Yes. You want to be on the right side or you want to be on the wrong side. And you've got one or two choices. Personally, I'm going to be on the right side of the story. I'm going to claim the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to be on his side. And that means standing up for Israel. Now, when it comes to, you know, on a, also, as dealing with Israel and dropping their nuclear bomb, we might want to kind of politically deal with them in regards to, hey, maybe we need to tactically do something and go in and, you know, send in some uh, yeah, we black ops Russia. folks yeah. and take care of them because we got some... The IDF, Israel's got some of the baddest folks in regards do. to doing some of those types of things, and so does America. So on that on that political note, John Arthur, 
that was been my belief. The reason America is great and strong is for Israel. I'm sorry. I just do believe that. And um, that's why we're here. And that's why Israel, when they became a nation in 1948, still exists because America has always backed them. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you know what? Go ahead. I was going to say is <clears throat> everybody's throwing out these war crimes that mm -hmm. Israel's committing. Does anybody actually know what war crimes they're being accused of? So they're being accused of attacking civilian targets. But the problem is, is what is underneath What's, those civilian targets? There's, there are, there's two specific war crimes. It's the collective punishment of a populace for their acts of the government, right? And then it's the um, forceful displacement of a populace in a war-torn territory. Think about that. So you have Hamas using schools, hospitals, and residential homes as military bases. To fire rockets from. To fire, to fire rockets from, right? And so if you're Israel and you're bombing, first of all, they have door knocker bombs. You guys know what the door knocker bombs are? So they send the first bomb in and it just kind of like ricochets off the top of the building, say, hey, you got five minutes and this place is getting leveled. Nobody else has ever done that. Like literally, they'll send a bomb into a hospital. It's like, ding, guess what? You've been, you've been dubbed. You better get out while you can, right? But when you're, when you're bombing civilian territories because there's military operations going on in those territories, that's not collective punishment of a populace. That's just war. Correct. Right? And then you have the forceful displacement of a population, which is they're also being accused of. But as far as I know, every conflict that we've ever been in, we kind of tell the people in harm's way, you better get out first. I was going to say, that's else. not forced. That's a choice. Yeah. yeah. Well, we yeah, look on this military target. They dropped. Yeah. Saying, hey, look here. Yeah. That just shows you that it's not really the war crimes thing is just propaganda. It's absolutely sure. propaganda. It's total it, propaganda. And so I, I think we're all in agreement on that. The one thing I actually want to throw a little bit of a curveball in, into this group, we, we may or may not have a diversity of opinion, but I want you to go ahead and and we're, we're gonna we're gonna hook over to the chair of economics in just a moment, but because uh, we we are getting close on time, I want you to pull up that one story. Uh, from the New York Post, Mr. Producer. And this is an interesting story um, where we are actually looking at how much, yeah, go, go ahead and pull it up right there. Yeah, we're actually looking at how much money have we actually spent on this. And, you know, so the ex-Iranian uh, uh, envoy, his name is Rob O'Malley, uh, is, is, this could be the worst, you know, Secretary of State, or State Department scandal of all time, because we're looking at over two and a half years, not just the six billion in the last couple of months, uh, to last two and a half years. Go ahead and scroll down. You'll find the 50 to 80 million number. It's going to be below that ad. Keep going. Bigger than that. Wasn't that with a B? 50 to eight billion. Did I say million? Billion. 50 to 80 billion. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, highlight it right there, Rai Rai. Rai Rai, the producer guy doing yeoman's work over there. Thank you, guys. For, uh, and thank you, sir. 50 to 80 billion, thank you, is how much money that we have sent to Iran. There's a lot of people, thank you, sir, that suggest that we stop funding Israel altogether and we stop funding the Middle East entirely. And the reason why is, does anyone know how much money we give to Israel every year? I do not know the figure. It is, it is. Or 8 billion, I think. It's not that it's, much. It's actually. not. It is not 80 billion in two and a half years. Yeah, it's like six it, or eight billion or something. Like that. And and it's not eighty billion in two and a half years to places like Iran, 
Egypt, Sudan, Saudi Arabia. Keep going. You want to keep tell you you want to l just load up, rack up the amount of people that we are inflating over there. Maybe the U.S. shouldn't be shouldn't be giving any money to anybody out there. Is what some conservatives are saying. Now, some folks will come out and say that that's anti-Semitic. I'm I'm, I'm going to throw that to the floor. Is that view necessarily anti-Semitic? I would not agree with the view. <clears throat> Oh, sorry, guys. I would not agree with the view we should be giving to Israel. Stand with them. Stand with them. They that bless Israel, God will bless. They that curse Amen. Israel, God will curse. So, so I am of the opinion you, you give it to Israel. But you didn't answer the question. Is saying cutting off entirely all funds with those numbers in mind, is that necessarily anti-Semitic? Because we have a lot of good right-wing... Uh, thought leaders who do say that that ultimately Israel will come out ahead and be better off if we stop. So my question, doing anything. my question back to them would be this: So if we cut off everything, how do they stand? Better without us. Is, Israel will stand no matter what. God's not going well, to. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Out. I'm taking a look at that from a purely economic pu position. Not. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right. They'll always stand. How many people in the world know that? Right? So there, there's a little difference here. But could we go ahead and cut the aid off? Yeah, sure. Bring on the war. There's only one country, one country that has stood in the way of people getting, of, of the, the Middle East getting to Israel. US. And she's the red, white, and blue. Yep. And they know it. Yes. But she's also the one that's been the most in Israel's way when we fund everything else. I'm laying it out. I'm all for funding Israel. Just so that my, yep. my, my, my cards are like fully on the table here. But I'm laying it out. I actually don't think it's anti-Semitic if you don't want to fund anyone. You say, <coughs> stop giving. Because we're handing out literally hundreds of billions of dollars. And very little of that. Like, less than 10% of that goes to Israel and it's all going to their enemies. I don't know why we ever got involved with Iran. I, that's why? never... Anybody except it's the money. one person. One, and that's Israel. One, one country, yeah. One country, and I that's agree. Israel. So, I, 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 I tend to agree with you that. You know, we got enough problems here in this country that we're not even dealing with. So, and, and by the way, I, I want to put this to the chair of economics now. I want to kind of home in on, on him over here because um, when you see that, uh, so, and, and this is an offshoot of that question. Because personally, I believe that we should give to Israel and I think we should not give to Iran. I think we should really reconsider giving anything to Egypt. I think we should really that's consider the, that's giving the right anything, stance. anything to, to anyone. If someone says as a policy measure, maybe we, it's easier to just cut off any flow at all hands down the problem is is that there are special interests in the biden crime family i mean um anyway yes uh we didn't hear you say that yeah uh that th <laughs> th there is a value to them to doing that so when the christian sees the policies that have ended that 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 have ended up in we lay pipe water pipe for hamas they cut it up and they turn it into rockets and they shoot it into israel when we see the policies of hey we have $80 billion uh, that we're going to send to an enemy of Israel, a enemy that wants to be a nuclear power that hates the U.S. too, by the way. 
what should we be looking at as far as our political stance with the funds that are coming out of our economy? Well, we should be holding people accountable for that. And I think to some degree, that's what some of the conservatives within uh, the Senate in in Congress are trying to do is is do just that. I think the way that you spoke about Biden's family in Nikki's question about, you know, why are we even investing? I hate to say that word when you're throwing 60 to 80 billion out there. That's a lot. That's an investment. What, what is the purpose of that money? Why is there such a need to have a relationship with a country like that? It makes no sense at all. So I think we need to hold leadership accountable for those kind of actions. It doesn't make sense. It makes dollars keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's exactly what it's doing is it's making dollars for a few. And and that's the sad part. I would say that if we're seeing water pipes being converted into rocket launching tubes, okay, maybe we should just, maybe we should cut it all off. I know one thing, I would not be giving anything else for that kind of relief. Sorry, so you abused it. I want to. I, I, I want to go to part of this because uh, th- this is an interesting place. I want to drill down for just a moment before we do our final thoughts for the day. So I just want to drill in with you a little bit. You, you're, you're seeing terrible, desperate poverty in the Gaza Strip. Mm-hmm. But part of that comes, and so I, as always, every one of these chairs links back to theology. We, we, we talked about this. Every single chair needs to link back. Whenever we, whenever we deal with economics or politics, culture, philosophy, it always needs to link back to, to, to theology. So what we're seeing is a difference in value on human life. Absolutely. These people put value up for their own children. Speak to that for a moment. So now you're looking at an issue of power. In, in today's world, what gives me power? Food, so, water, money. Uh, money's a big one. Money is the absolute big one. And <clears throat> for those that think that Hamas people, uh, the Palestinian people are poor, I'm going to tell you something. They're choosing that. If you look at the video clip of them converting stuff from water pipes to rocket launchers, they're very industrious. They're extremely industrious. Do not tell me that they're poor. Do not tell me that. That's that's a lie. They are choosing to do what they do. They are choosing to use their children as pawns. Shame on you. And the value of life comes from God. He is the one that has instilled that in you. If you don't think that your child's life is worth anything other than using it, to be killed in an action to promote you to being an authoritarian dictator type government, you, you shouldn't be having kids. You should not be allowed to have kids. Well, you shouldn't be allowed to continue to grow. And that, that, that's where some people actually take the argument and, and maybe they took it too far. I don't know. They take the argument of it's time to just glass the strip and restart because these people have told their kids, and again, uh, some of the clips wouldn't play. Uh, X is giving us some some bad attitude there. But um, these people train their kids from yeah. small children. like It's like Awanas, yep. but it's like 
I can't wait to stab a Jew. Like, like literally, that's what these eight-year-olds are saying, nine-year-olds are saying. So if you think about this, I thought one of the most telling statements that Netanyahu made was Hamas will be gone. They, they will eliminate them. I, I don't know about you, that, that kind of had a little bit of a chilling effect. Right there, you know, when, when he said that, and the thing is when you, what were we saying on nine 11 and nine 12 and nine 13, I'll find you birds. I will find you. There's a lot of anger in, in everything. And rightly so, rightly so to me, the issue of the value of life is most critical. If you think that your children are just to be grown, to become tools, to become weapons. You don't understand the value of life. You are warped and sick. And that goes very well to Jason's point earlier. So it, it, it's, it's not something, not all cultures are created equal. Mm-hmm. And there's a lack of value in that. That's something that the Western Judeo-Christian culture has that's unique to everything else. Final thoughts for the day. We're wrapping up because we are on time. Uh, Miss Nikki, the chair of theology, final thoughts. Well, I think one of the things I would like to leave with everybody is that God does love the Palestinian people. And even the men in Hamas, now he died to save you from your sins. And he is willing to give you eternal life, but you need to repent and turn to him for your lordship. That would be the same for the Jewish people. Jesus Christ died for everyone. And... As Christians, we don't hate a particular person or love a particular person when they do bad things. It's all about the love of Jesus Christ and the salvation through Jesus Christ. But there has to be a turning away of what you believe and what you are doing to look on a holy and righteous God. Mm. Amen. Yeah, if you're coming from philosophy, you know, the Middle East has had a history of, we are talking about child sacrifice, right? So, um... You know, whenever God gave the okay for the annihilation of a group of people, it always had to do with how they treated their children. Yep. Yes. Now, if you look at even Sodom and Gomorrah, everybody says, well, Sodom and Gomorrah was, was destroyed because of homosexuality. That is not the whole story. Like when the angels, we're not going to get too graphic with what actually went on, but when the angels went into that town, the Bible says that the small to the great wanted to abuse these angels. That means that children are only innocent if they're allowed to be. Correct. You know? And when you think of the small, you're talking about 12, 13, 14-year-old boys who want to go and abuse these angels. They've been groomed. They've been groomed by their own society. And And then you think about the Canaanites talking about sacrificing your child to promote yourself. During times of famine, you know? Yeah. Your firstborn child was sacrificed because your fields wasn't producing. So, so to get my field to produce, I'm going to sacrifice my firstborn in a ter- horrific way. And again, we're not going to get too graphic what actually went on. But to sacrifice your child to Molech, the, the reason why they had the minstrels playing is so that you wouldn't hear the cries of the kids. As they burned alive. That, I mean, so there's, there's a demonic force in this area already that's been there from the beginning of time. Mm. You know, 
So just remember that when you when you say, oh, but but we need to make sure that we we allow uh, peace to resettle. It's like, no, no, no. Peace won't be resettled until deterrence is, is in yeah, place. Yeah, well, I'm going to, this is a little bit off topic, not really. You know, we had the sodomites here in America, and they're going after the kids here. Yeah. And they're trying not to let the kids be innocent here. You, you know. have failed this city. That's right. <laughs> have. That they have actually that's why this is in the studio if you're looking on if you're watching online you can see uh a a uh, oscar behind me it's actually it was a, it was a globe a golden globe award and we were talking about this before we got on i was explaining to jason why we have a oscar behind the chair of culture it's because i believe it was michelle williams i i, I think it was you can fact check me uh some actress was up getting a golden globe and she goes well you know if it weren't for abortion i wouldn't be here if it weren't for me sacrificing my child on the altar of convenience, mm. I wouldn't have been able to pursue my betterment. And so you've got to remember that's who you're dealing with. When you do it from the chair of culture, just a thought here, guys. You're dealing with a culture. Not all cultures are created equal. If it does not, if it's not based on God, if it's not based on the fundamental fabric that God is the one who adds value to human life a culture will not be a good one and it will do things like sacrifices children with explosive vests it will sacrifice his children saying go and kill yourself on the hamas soldier the five-year-old cute little child they will do that link in the description below go check it out if if, if you're not squeamish it's horrid stuff to see and these are people it's the same barbarism that's been going on in that land for a long long time you don't understand it if you were blessed and you should be thanking god blm mm, that you yep. were born and raised yep. in a country that had western values and that you aren't in some godforsaken part of the world that hates life at least you get the value maybe you do have it tough i get it i've 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 lived in mansions i have been homeless i've been across the board i've lived in other people's houses that were very nice and i've been in i've been homeless i've been all up and down uh, you know, very short life, but I have been in some interesting positions. I get not having money. I get not having this or that. I get going and working for for minimum wage. I've been there. I've done it. It's it sucks. I got it. You don't know what it's like until you live in a culture that hates life. So make sure that we do support the only burning light of liberty, of love of life in the Middle East. That is Israel. Chair politics. Well, you know, on the stance of politics, uh, you know, we need to stand as the United States and continue to back Israel. Like Charlie had talked about, those who stand with Israel will be blessed. And as long as we continue that, this country will be blessed. Granted, in the Bible, there's no mention of the United States or of or of any our country that's over the the ocean that's blessed, you know, or has any mention of us whatsoever. But it talks about being blessed, those who support Israel. And as long as we support Israel, we'll continue to be blessed. But there's countries that, you know, ride the roller coaster depending on what Israel decides or whatever they want to do in regards to the Gaza Strip or the Golan Heights, or however they want to deal with them at one point or another. And we just have to continue to stay steadfast and continue to support Israel. Amen. Amen. Agreed. 
you got to be Israel, ride or die sort of thing. Mr. Charlie. Right. We got to stop supporting countries like Iran. Flat out, we just, we need to stop that. Um, Iran does not need our money. They absolutely do not. There, as a matter of fact, I would advocate there's none of those Middle Eastern countries um, that, that need our money um, other than Israel to defend itself. Um, that, that's it. And Jason's right. Do, does Israel really need America? If you want to get technical, no. God will stand with Israel. That's for sure. And one day, that will be on display for everyone to see. Amen and amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, seen on some unusual you know, stuff on YouTube lately. It looks like YouTube, whatever ban or restriction they had on us, they might be releasing it. Who knows? This video might nix that. But we'll see what happens. We are, we, we are on at Further Every Day. And... Uh, Rumble, thank you guys. 80-something subscribers, I believe, is where we are. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Rumble's a slow burn, but, you know, glad to have you guys on board. With that said, we love you all so much. Thank you for being here. Have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>